T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is 7.38 on a Sunday night. My name is Susie Jones, and I am so excited to have Jack Rice on the air. Jack Rice, of course, a well-known Twin Cities defense attorney, also all over the place on various national television shows as well, talking about all things related to the court. So what I thought is that because South Carolina power attorney Alec Murdo was convicted of murdering his wife and youngest son, we would talk about that. And what I did, Jack, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Susie. Okay. So here's what I did. I thought, well, I'm going to read up on this. So then I'm sitting on my living room couch and I see on Netflix, oh, there's a documentary, little four-parter. You're darn right there is. So, yes, I, is. so I watched it and I'm like, what am I watching? Because I thought it was about him and here it's about his son Paul and this boat accident and killing this girl named Mallory and then the housekeeper. It only got to the end, you know, in part four. So this is a really twisty, turny kind of a story. So for people that don't know much, kind of in a, in a nutshell, best you can, tell me the story of Alex Murdo. What makes Alec Murdoch so amazing is this happened in the area of southern South Carolina in the hills. And so what you'll find is the district attorney for this entire region was Alec Murdoch's father and also his grandfather, and also his great-grandfather. This is a dynasty. These people have power like nobody in this region, and it's historical. It's generational. That's what grabs this. But what you also have is Alec Murdoch, who's also charged with stealing from his own law firm, his own family, historical law firm, mm-hmm. in, in the count of millions of dollars. You're also talking about somebody who is a drug addict and a thief and is stolen and is charged with more than 99 other counts. His son is potentially facing murder charges. At least that was the investigation. And in this case, he gets charged with murdering his other son and his wife. This is something that grabbed the entire nation even more than I thought it would. Yeah, because it has so many twists and turns. So, I mean, like you said, it's not just the murder trial of Paul and Maggie. You look at this story, like you said, the dynasty, and Paul Murdoch and the whole Murdoch clan was a troublemaker and got in trouble and drank too much and was in a terrible boating accident and someone died and nothing happened to him because everybody, you know— they called Murdoch, they called the grandpa before they called the police, and he would fix it and make it go away. 
Well, and see, that's the problem. When you think about this idea, the idea of having privilege like this, where you can do and be just about anything you want, so long as you have the Murdoch name. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, the idea that you could potentially have somebody die because you were driving drunk, the idea that even potentially you could kill your own family members, his a housekeeper actually died under mysterious circumstances at the house as well. And the response was, oh, well, too bad, so sad, even though we find out subsequently that Alec Murdoch stole from her family, who was supposed to get all of this windfall because of that injury and death. He kept it. He stole it. That is also Alec Murdoch. Unbelievable. And then if that's not enough, what is the name of the young man that got hit by the car, allegedly, uh, by accident? Smith, was that his last name? Yes, but actually it gets weirder than that. We haven't even talked about the part where what happens is that after his family dies, there's there's no charges yet, then he actually pays another of his family to murder him so the surviving son, Paul, will actually get this uh this inheritance and so what you get is an attempted effort to kill yourself suicide (laughs) or murder in order to cash in on that you add that on top of that it's like an onion in reverse it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger interesting as well the judge's response during the sentencing i know you watched it um what do you make of that i think he was rather pointed in his remarks to mr Myrtle, right Oh, my goodness. You have to understand. Here's one of the interesting aspects, uh, Susie, of this story to me, is that part of the difficulty they had in this case was that the the prosecutors, first of all, even making the decision, you have to understand how long it took for them to charge. They had no eyewitnesses. They had little to no forensics. They had no murder weapons. And they had to figure out how to convict one of the most powerful people in that part of the state with generations of support from a lot of people in the area who owed a lot to the Murdoch family. So you can imagine what happens when you're in trial for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And when a jury comes back in an hour, that is astounding. When they came back and said, guilty, you killed your, your wife, you killed your son, as he called him, Papa. He yeah. killed him, too. Amazing. 60 witnesses. That's a lot. Yeah. 60 <laughs> witnesses. I can, I, Susie, I can tell you, I've tried murder cases where there's dozens and dozens of witnesses. You have to understand how extraordinarily um, difficult these are for all of the people in the room working them. Because it's emotional, it's exhausting, it's difficult, and what you're trying to do is to provide a cohesive story to the jury. And you had two different stories. And by the way, uh, Alec Murdoch's attorneys, in particular his lead counsel, who's actually a state senator in South Carolina, is a, an accomplished criminal defense attorney. He's really, really something special. And their theory was that there were actually two shooters. And part of the problem was that it was called SLED. That's actually essentially the equivalent of the FBI for South Carolina in this region. They made so many mistakes 
they they screwed up so many things that every single angle that the defense could use they did use and the problem was that it, but for a few things this really truly and honestly could have gone a different direction wow do you think that they will hold Alec Murdoch or try him or for those other murders, the housekeeper and the young man in the roads, Mr. Smith? No, I, do, I don't. Oh. Here's what I think they will do. What they will do is they're going to try him on all of those other cases. Mm-hmm. Here's what makes this interesting is that is that because he was found guilty of the the murders of the two wife son Mm -hmm. uh he's serving life in prison right and so that's already done but there's a whole bunch of other uh criminal cases fraud cases etc against him as part of this defense as part of his defense he basically came in and acknowledged all of those other crimes Uh so in other words in many many ways even if he had been found not guilty This is a guy who probably never would have seen the light of day regardless. But here's one interesting angle, if you if you don't sort of go with me for just a second. Sure, sure. Is this as as a criminal defense attorney, one of the things that happened in this case is that Alec Murdoff sat sat down with the police officers at the time and those sled officers I was talking about, Mm -hmm. not just once, not just twice, but ultimately four different times. And I can tell you this, and this is an interesting piece of it. If I were representing Alec Murdo, my response is, you don't talk to those officers even once. And I'll tell you what, if I had been able to try that case, and if this attorney had been, had been able to try that case without one statement from Alec Murdo, no joke, based upon the evidence that I saw, I think Alec Murdo would have walked. Wow. How about that? How about that? Well, it's a crazy story, and that Netflix Four-part documentary is pretty interesting to just to sort of learn about the family and, as you said, the history of the family and its control that it had over that little South Carolina uh, town. So, so Jack Rice is on with us, Twin Cities defense attorney. We are going to take a quick break, Jack, but will you stay on? Because want to talk a little bit with the remaining couple of minutes about Alec Baldwin, the actor, <laughs> and, and what's happening with that whole thing. And we'll do that right after this on WCCO. A little bit of snow out there. It is 752, 33 degrees. We have with us on our newsline Jack Rice, Twin Cities defense attorney. And we are talking on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline about things happening in the courtroom around the country of interest. And we talked about Alec Baldwin as we went to break. So we're going to bring that up. Apparently there is a status hearing is that what's going on this week? And then recap kind of what's happening with that case. You bet. If we look at Alec Baldwin, this goes back to October of 2021 when a filmmaker was actually, uh, he was on a set of a movie called Rust. And what happened was one of the armorers, one of the assistant armors, handed him a gun and he was apparently holding the gun. And for whatever reason, it went off or he pulled the trigger and somebody died on the set. The question is, is he was essentially charged with manslaughter along with the head armorer. Remember, the assistant armorer, the one who actually handed the weapon to Alec Baldwin, has already pled guilty to a lesser count. And Alec Baldwin was charged with two counts of essentially manslaughter. One, the manslaughter, the other with the use of a weapon. One of them, he faced up to five years in prison, the other up to 18 months. 
They've dismissed. They realized they couldn't charge the five-year one, but that 18-month count still exists, and the prosecutor in this New Mexico case is getting ready and wants to go to trial, and at least at this point says he wants to put Alec Baldwin in prison. What are the chances of that happening? Well, you know, it's a really interesting question because you can like Alec Baldwin, you can hate Alec Baldwin. But the question is this. When you have a set where you have an armorer on the set and the armorer says this this prop is not a real gun or at least can't fire a real round, you hand that to an assistant armorer. And the assistant armorer then takes that same weapon and said, this is not a gun, this is a prop and they can't fire around, you then hand it to an actor, and the actor uses that and kills somebody. The question is, is can that actor be held liable, accountable? But let me ask it a different way. Anybody who gets handed a gun has an obligation to handle it carefully and, and uh, protect everybody in the best way possible. I've, I've held just about every weapon known to man from my past lives, and what I can tell you is that if somebody hands me a weapon, the first thing I do is determine that it is what they say it is, that it's safe, that it's not uh, um, armed, that it's not loaded, and that it's not going to hurt anybody. And as far as I can tell, when you read any statute, there is no actor exception. There is no uh, chance to say, well, gosh, he was only on a set and he could depend upon other people. There is no exception for that. So it makes it really weird if you say, was this guy doing stupid, terrible things that resulted in the death of another, or did he have the right to depend upon other people to do their job? Ultimately, that's going to be the question of the jury if they don't find a way to resolve this case short of that. I was going to say, doesn't he, does he benefit from going to trial, um, or does he benefit from a plea and just having it be done and out of the way? Well, I think it cuts both ways. I can tell you, I, I was I was at the jail in Ramsey County just yesterday, and people don't understand what it is to be in a place if you've never experienced this. I go through the front door. I go through a locked elevator they put me in. It goes to a different floor. I then go through another set of locked doors, another set of locked doors, another elevator that I don't control that some voice uh, a bodiless voice talks to me over a loudspeaker and sends me to another floor, to another locked room, to another locked room. That's how I got there. Understand what the risk is for somebody like an Alec Baldwin. So for him, the potential is, is a jury always can do whatever it is that they want. And you never know what that means. So there is always the risk. The alternative is if the prosecutor is looking for the conviction but doesn't care about the time, if you can get an agreement for no time, that might be worth taking. On the other hand, if what they say is you're going to do 18 months, what's the gamble? And remember, as a defense attorney, I'm always balancing that for clients. They make the ultimate decision. But my goal is to say, if we're going to go to trial, how do I go to trial and win? Yeah. The second alternative is how do I get the best possible option? And then I hand both to that, my client and say, you tell me what you want me to do. That's their job, not mine. Does it matter that it's Alec Baldwin? I mean, if you had John Smith on the street in St. Paul and someone and he was in a play at some theater in the Twin Cities and this happened, would that be this, the exact same thing? Or is there something to his star quality that changes this? Do you know, Susie, I love the question because the problem is, is it cuts both directions. I've seen situations like this 
where what you'll get is the logic that says nobody is above the law. The problem is, is if you look at how other people have been treated in similar circumstances, you might find that it may never have been charged, but for the fact that it's Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And so you say, I'm, he's not going to be treated any differently, except for the fact that he's treated differently because he's Alec Baldwin. So you, you, you cut both directions because mm-hmm. we know that privilege does work. Privilege does matter. But in this case, does it help you? Or does it hurt you? Right, because does that prosecutor say, we're not giving this guy a break. He's a big Hollywood hoo-ha-ha, and he's just— And I want to be the next governor of the state of New Mexico, right? (laughs) I mean, come on. you got to think about what drives everybody. And a lot of people have agendas here, and I'm good or bad, but there you have it. It might be the defense attorney who wants to be the the next— uh, governor of New Mexico. That's the problem. It's Unbelievable. Well, two very interesting <laughs> cases, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on. I love talking to you, and uh, we'll we'll see you again at the Y sometime. All the best, my friend. All right, Jack Rice, Twin Cities defense attorney, with us on News Talk eight three zero W CCO, talking about the case against former South Carolina power attorney Murdaugh, who. Found guilty, life in prison for him, Alec Murdoch, and Alex Baldwin remains to be seen which way the wind blows with that one. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.